Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, how are you? You'd be pleased to know I'm back inside in the comfort of the studio this week after last week's little ramble chat in homage to Mr Adam Buxton. And I've got to say, you lot lapped him up. I must have had like five or six times more messages than I'd normally get. I still can't believe I got him. Superb. But before I go any further, as ever, Patreon supporters, thank you very much for your support. We would not be able to produce this podcast without you. And yes, this content is free for everyone, whether you support us on Patreon or not. So for the first two years of this podcast, it was all self-funded. The equipment, the travel, and it got to a point where we almost had to stop the podcast. So we started a Patreon, and thanks to those guys, we're still afloat. So as I say, we couldn't do it without them. So if you'd want to support for as little as £3 a month, you can go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram page and follow the Patreon link in their profile. But again, if you're not able to, absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. A little like or share on social media would do just fine. But anyway, back to episode 121. So this week, I'm taking you to meet Edie Baker. Now in this episode, I tell Edie that I first saw her work about two months ago, which on reflection was quite incorrect. It was more like five or six 
I first became aware of her work via an Instagram post by MC Lamas. She was posting about the artist that's going to be in an all-female group show at the Fulham Town Hall. Which, I should add, if you wasn't aware, it's now been extended up until the 20th of May. But anyway, Edie. Her work is quite humorous, visually, with a definite little sprinkle of mischief. And reminiscent of the work of Sarah Maple, Edie's work draws you in with the humour and intrigue. And once you are drawn in, it's as if there's a unwritten small print that sort of says, I'm glad you find my work humorous. You're meant to. But are you laughing with me or at me? And if you realise that you're laughing at the work, then you've inadvertently put yourself on the side of the fence that artwork like this is pushing against. Love it. Anyway, before I introduce you to Edie, let me just read you a couple of bits of text. Specialising in collage, contemporary artist Edie Baker creates new narratives from predominantly ephemeral images sourced from magazines, books or those discarded on the street. Larger works are created by digitally printing previously treated images onto stretch canvases which are then embellished with shapes, patterns and forms that enhance or detract from certain areas of the original. Content is often brutally cut or edited, resulting in final pieces that speak more of what is absent rather than what is present. This treatment leads to work that is sometimes awkward, sometimes humorous, sometimes provocative, but almost always surreal. Sums it up perfectly. So please, come and join me and Edie Baker when we had our chat over Zoom just a few days ago. Again, I'm not, I don't mind that much if I don't sell. It'd be great. It would be, obviously, the dream. But I'm just going to keep making stuff anyway, because I just like it. Perfect. That's, yeah. that's the perfect way to think. I mean, yeah, I sell prints here and there. But I, yeah, of course, it would be absolutely fucking great if I could sell my work and pull up the big bucks. That would be, that'd be amazing. But, you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm working two days a week in a florist and coffee shop. Nice. That comes my studio rent and uh, gets me a bit of extra for materials and stuff. So I'm, do I'm doing all right, but it would be nice to just be able to, you know, I like working there, but it'd be nice to be able to leave and then I can just, I can just art all day. That would be the dream. Yeah, cool. I mean, I some, some people I speak to on here, they like having the part-time work because that gets you back out into the world because... You know, the life of a, an artist is generally solitary. Oh yeah, I'm 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 just like that. I will spend, you know, six days in my studio. I don't, won't even eat. I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just loving it. It's, it's, it's actually not very healthy. And you know, my even my mates get really pissed off at me. They're like, "Why are you not coming out? You're just in your studio all the time." Nice. And then and then I just go the opposite, and I'm out and I'm ready. So actually, working in that shop, as much as I might complain sometimes, it is good because I'm talking to people. And I'm, um, you know, and it's been great over lockdown as well. A lot, of, a lot of my friends have been made redundant, or yeah. they're just stuck in the house. And I've, we've been open the whole time at the shop, so I've had that human interaction, and it has been good actually. Nice. How long have you been out of uni? Uh, four years. Which and, <laughs> and have you been creating all of that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Non-stop. Haven't stopped. I did get a studio when I left in Elephant and Castle but it was just like it's just a little hole it was under one of the railway arches but it was just artificial lights no windows didn't even have a, like a proper sink to yeah. or anything and it was just, it was really expensive 
and then I, I stopped for a bit and it, it did actually I think it did knock my practice a bit it did put me off yeah so this I've just left uni and I was excited to get into this world of like I'm going to be an artist I'm going to be in my studio in my life <laughs> London squalor it's going to be great and uh and then actually I just was like oh it's really expensive and like no one really gives a fuck what I'm doing yeah it put me off for a bit and now I've got my new studio I've been in there for about eight months and oh my god my studio is my boyfriend <laughs> absolutely in love with it yeah. excellent so I've been there about eight months now but it's, it's getting demolished soon and I'm heartbroken oh man whereabouts is that it's just in in Leagate got, so, yeah. Um, so yeah it's uh it's in an old like tower block it's just perfect for me I love it oh man that's that's cool don't it yeah well you may be aware, but I've got seven questions that I ask each artist. All right. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? This is a tough one. Because I think I've sim- I've, tr- I've tried to over-explain it and over-art it for a while. And I've just, I've gone back to basics. I think I, I, uh, I like cutting stuff up. I love it. A lot of collage. I, but I just enjoy changing my scalpel blade and getting into some old magazines and books and just kind of up. I just like doing it. Um, I guess all my work has an, has a, you know, undercurrent of feminism and I'd say it's quite humorous and cheeky and playful. So I use a lot of 1970s porn magazines. That's kind of where, where I'm at, at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I'll, uh, you know, like brutally cut bits out and, and, uh, just play around with images. I just like playing around with stuff and changing the narrative of of an image that already exists, I guess. So you got a justified porn stash? Oh my God, I got a <laughs> porn stash. Oh, you'd love it, it's mad. <laughs> Honestly, some of the stuff in there is just wild. But a lot of it, I mean, I started off collecting like 1960s, 1970s stuff. So it's quite tame, really. Yeah. You know? It's quite, it's just a bit of side boob. It's nothing yeah. too graphic. Um, and really, I just started doing it, using it, because I just like the grainy images. And I just like, just like the colours. Yeah. And, you know, I've always cut out old books. And I just, I actually moved into a house. We'd been in there for a couple of weeks. And um, I just found, a, under the stairs, I found a little bit of, like a little um, key thing. And I thought, what's that? And I realised it was a trap door. So I'd been in there two weeks, had no idea. Went downstairs, there's this whole room in the cellar and it was just full of like 70s porn mags. No. Yeah, and they they were mint condition, right? I'd like Lord Magazine, Mayfair, you know, the the top of the range ones, really nice. And then from there, it just it just grew and grew. Did you not find that a bit creepy, first of all? Oh, yeah, there were doll's houses down there and all kinds of... It was oh, man. Dark, really dark. That's, um, like a, that's like a movie, isn't it? I know. I know. I actually told the landlady, and it was her dad's house. He, he just passed away, and she was just like, I don't want to know, just take them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just... Uh, I think I would just describe my work as cheeky and fun and... Playful, surreal. Well, uh, I've got to say, um, I only saw it for the first time about two months ago, possibly, when MC was posting um, a couple of bits and pieces on you. And 
I almost cheer when I see a good piece of artwork that is humorous because there's not enough of it about. Well, Sarah Maple's work, it always makes me smile. Even if it's a serious work, I know that it's not always going to be dark, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you there. I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, I've, I've struggled myself with trying to justify what I'm doing, you know, and, and trying to explain what I'm doing. And I've, I've really tried to kind of overanalyze my own work. And sometimes, you know, you just want to make stuff and, and put a smile on people's faces or have a bit of fun with it. And I do think my work has really dark undertones. It's, you know, if you really got into my psyche, you'd be like, oh, this is actually quite brutal. But my work is- yeah, Your mind is like the cellar that you found. My mind is that dirty cellar. It really is. Did you actually find one? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just take a trip inside your own mind? But yeah, I think, I think do you know what? I think you're totally right. There really doesn't all have to be really serious. And I've, I've, I've struggled because I felt like, am I doing the right thing? And am I, am I not, you know, do I need to take myself more seriously? But um, I don't know, I get quite good feedback a lot of the time. So maybe not, can you say that? Right, so I agree totally with what you've just said. I myself, I don't take this serious world too seriously all the time. And that doesn't reflect in my work. And... I am. I have conflicts with that. That my work doesn't um, reflect me as I feel it should do. But yeah. I've met you. I've spoke to you. We had a damn good laugh at a private view last week, okay. and your work perfectly represents you. You think so? Perfectly. That's so and I and. All right, I had the benefit of, of spending 10, 15 minutes chatting to you and people who will just be viewing your work won't have that experience. But I'm aware that an artwork is a, a sort of extension of our personality or, or ourself, or at least something we're trying to show. And as someone who, can, who thinks that he can read an artwork through experience, then yeah, I look at your artwork and I see what you're trying to portray. Well, that's, uh, that's really nice to hear. It's really validating actually. I think, um, but it's it's interesting though, it's the same as you were just saying about your work doesn't reflect your kind of maybe lack of being, you know, seriousness all the time. Your work does look quite heavy and um, it's beautiful, but it, do, it doesn't it doesn't look, come across as humorous, you know? Yeah. And you see yourself as quite, you know, a humorous guy, don't take things too seriously. I guess I'm outwardly, I am really confident and I will chat to people and my work probably does, definitely does reflect that side of me. I think when I'm on my own in the studio, it's not, I'm not laughing while I'm making these pieces. No, of course not. You know, it's, uh, I've got my own interpretation of, of what they mean and what they mean to me. And that's, again, comes down to narrative. I don't, I don't think I do anyway to try to push a narrative on a viewer ever. Yeah. I've, I've made something, I have my own personal connection with that piece and I'm, I, I've made it, it's come from me. So I'm always going to have my own kind of private bond with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, interesting to hear the different ways that people interpret it themselves you know I mean everyone kind of sees that it's humorous and it's cheeky but I think um, I've had some really interesting conversations with people before where some people can see that it's dark and others can't it's just yeah I don't that's, I don't, that's perfect I, yeah. I, I don't think that you should be telling oh sorry I don't think that an artist should be telling their whole story on 
um, an artwork because then that doesn't leave the viewer any room for interpretation. Well, then why make a piece of artwork? Why exactly. You might as well just buy a piece of text telling them what exactly what it is. I agree, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's I think it's perfect that someone walks away and um, and says about, oh, that works a little bit dark and sinister. And someone else goes, are you joking? There's a polarity in it. I think that's in my work as well, you know, that happy, cheery, smiling, naked women and bright colours. And then actually, is it all shiny and happy? Yeah. Probably not. It's from these grotty old magazines. Exactly. Massively sexist. I'm, I'm using imagery that is... It's from a time that we all kind of just want to forget about, really. Yeah. <laughs> you but, know? And I'm, I know it's not a phrase that... Not that I was there, but... It should be used. And it's a phrase that gets bandied around a lot, but it was it was a different time. I'm not justifying what was done and what was said, but it was a different mindset. It was acceptable then. It's not now. Shit moves on, you know. But, but then I think to myself, that has it moved on? Has yeah. it? Or does no, no. it different ways yeah it's just covered up and then i think shit am i actually like exacerbating the problem here because i'm just rehashing all of these images and does it look like i'm glorifying the actual magazines themselves rather than editing the pictures you know it's i struggle with it sometimes because i think i actually got censored from a from a show once in deptford they said oh you can't hang these two pieces of work it, it was similar to the pieces that are up in the show at the moment to um, full page, full page spreads of these topless women, and again they were quite tame images. It wasn't nothing too graphic, but a woman had a problem um, with one of the images because it had some text on it that described the woman in the picture as being a secretary, as that was her job, and that was the bit that she found offensive. For fuck's it sake! It wasn't the nudity; it was yeah. the fact that it was a nude woman, and her job was a, she was a secretary, yeah. and she was just like. Well, that is so offensive because, you know, is that just saying that um, all women who are on page three, all they can do is be a secretary? And I just thought, hang on, you are part of the problem here. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't even have picked up on that. Yeah. You know, I think that's not what feminism is about. I think be a secretary, be a stay-at-home mum, get your tits out, don't get your tits out. Yeah. It's all okay. It's about choice, isn't it? It's about options. And it's quite interesting that a lot of the um, kind of, more criticism I've had about using these types of images has been from women, you know, um, in a, in a way that I wouldn't have thought it would be. It's, it's not it's not even women complaining about the nudity. It's more about um, yeah job roles and and kind of it's just it's been really strange to me. And yeah. then I question myself. I think is it am I being offensive now using these images? Yeah. I've questioned myself a few times. I mean, the, the collage that you create, a lot of the time you will take, you cut out either the entire body from an image and place another image underneath. Sort of negative space. and Exactly. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm always interested in what's not there. That's where the excitement comes from. I agree. Think, you know, a lot of the time I do use positive, the positive uh, images and then, you know, embroider on top or embellish it. But most of the time I'm focusing what's what's gone, what's missing. I think that's where all the beauty is. And, uh, you know, I, I pick stuff up off the street all the time. It's just, it's the ephemera and the and the old bill, billboards, you know, and you've got like a palimpsest and it's these like like tens of years old, like layers of images and yeah. ripped away and peeled away. That is, that is really what I get excited about. 
for sure, because it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. You walk down the street and it's, you're not even, you don't even, most people wouldn't, I guess, wouldn't, wouldn't take it in. I'm just trying to recreate that, I suppose. But Sarah Maple show, did you go to Sarah Maple show last year in um, Jealous? I didn't. I was on the Isle of Wight. Cool. I was gutted. I'm really, I am a fan of Sarah's. Well, it was her collages that blew me away there. She yeah. had half a dozen collages on the wall down the left as you as you walk in. Yeah, it, it was those that, that, that blew me away. I mean, I, I love a collage, mainly because it was one of the things that I was allowed to do when I was away. Yeah. Um, all right, you weren't allowed the blade, but we all had a all had a blade, you know. The toothbrush got in the way a bit as we were trying Because to... <laughs> 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 I, I was a changed man, you know. Were you allowed scissors or did you have those wibbly, did you have those like wibbly wobbly scissors? Neither. Nothing. We weren't allowed neither. We used to break the blade out of a, a razor blade head, like pull that apart and then just have to... give you that? You'd think if they're not going to give you plastic scissors. Yeah, they, they give you it to sh shave with some of the gels. Yeah. You have to sort of give your razor blade back in, but, yeah. you know... I wouldn't have thought, I just wouldn't have thought that if they're not going to give you some craft scissors... But every, everyone had a little blade stashed away. Well, not not yeah. for... Well, mostly well, not for anything sinister. Yes, so I would just cut stuff out just with, with razor blade, and and that was a good a good way then um, to create work. What materials were you using? Uh, just PVA and magazines. Yeah, just, you just had magazines. Yeah, I had a stack like yours, I can tell you. <laughs> I was trying to open them up from there. <laughs> That's actually what I'm doing at the moment. I am actually working with the pages that have been stuck together. I've been going to car boot sales and I've been getting really gnarly old magazines. I know it's a bit much, but that's that's where I'm going. No, oh, it, it is much, but that reaction that I got when you've done it, that's the reaction that you fucking want. Oh, yeah, but it's like, oh, God, really? That cringe, that... I mean, even even if you just stuck your own together with PVA. Which is what I've been experimenting with. Good. Because it's a bit, it's a bit cleaner for me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, again, that comes back to the, the palimpsest, the layers, the, the negative space, the bits that are missing, that... You know, I'm buying these old magazines, and now it's just well, it's just got this deeper, deeper meaning, right? But it's that ripping the pages apart because I'm actually doing that act. I'm creating that, you know, new image from from the pages ripping apart. You know, it's just it's really interesting. It, I just like fucking with images. I yeah, like, well, that, there's a conflict there with the pages being stuck together with. Yeah. Um, Real glue, whatever you want, <laughs> you know. With, <laughs> with, with, there's, there's a thing with the pages being stuck together and you using them from a feminine stance. Oh yeah. It's, there's something poetic and beautiful in in amongst that vulgarity, isn't there? Absolutely, you know? and dark, and yeah. and and empowering, taking ownership. And, yeah, exactly, exactly. Know, I never go to make a piece of work, and I think this is my intention. This is what this piece is going to look like at the end, and it's going to mean this. I don't go in with any of that. I just fuck about, and then I see what happens. Wow, I didn't even realise. Well, how? Do, why did I cut? Why did I stick a picture of a dog next to that picture of a tree? Why have Brilliant. I done that? And then I think, and then I learn a bit about myself. I think, exactly. Oh, my Conscious has just spat that out. That's Where's exactly that what I was going to say. And I don't, and I, that's why I don't want to push my narrative on anyone else because I want every viewer to go away and have and have their own little story about yeah. what it means to them. And, Perfect. You know? 
Did you always have art in your home growing up? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've come, I've come from a very arty parents. So that's, I, I mean, definitely has influenced me and, and inspired me, but I'd like to think I'm my own separate, I was going to say entity, that's a bit of a strong word, isn't it? I'm my own entity. Yeah, it's, it, it fits, so. Um, yeah, both my parents went to St. Martin's and then both taught there. You know, definitely made me feel like it was uh, like an achievable thing for me to want to be an artist. But, yeah. I, but then again, that brings me back to that other thing that I struggled with. I can draw, like I can. Yeah. You know, I'm decent. But I just, I choose not to. And I had that battle when I was doing my degree because I did a painting course and I was surrounded by a lot of people who are really incredible painters, some of them quite classical. You know, I'm doing these like porn collages blown up on a like digitally printed on a canvas, a meter tall, and then sewing onto it. And yeah. I had a lot of people saying, well, don't you think you should be doing the graphic design course? And I was just, it would just really piss me off because it's yeah. like, I am painting, I'm just doing it without the paint. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I see that all the time. In your room at the Fulham Town Hall is yeah. um, Holly. When I looked at hers, I see it as drawing. I don't see it as embroidery. Uh, yeah, amazing. Well, um, Holly's work, it's like, it's almost like, it's even like cartography, isn't it? It's kind of like map making. It's that yeah. A to B and this kind of mathematical uh, lines. Yeah. And these female forms. I just thought it was great. Like, I kind of like it when I get blisters from the sewing. Yeah. So I use yarn, and so I use quite a big needle. And I'm actually allergic to lanolin that's in one. Oh, okay, wow. So, like, I will be working on these pieces, and my fingers will be red raw, I'll get blisters, and my lips will be swollen. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, I've got blisters. Actually, I'm going, yes, like, look how much work I've done. It's like yeah, a little... brilliant. Yeah. Honor, you know? Yeah, of course. Like, the sewing machine's too quick for me, and it doesn't give me enough time to think about what I'm doing. Yeah. Kind of, I don't want to churn out and with my collages where it's just paper stuck on paper. I like to be able to churn them up quickly, and I like that, you know, it being quite an instant result. That's, yeah, that's and there's something quite beautiful about inaccuracy of the hand as well, isn't there? I, I think anyway. Absolutely, because you're not going to get every stitch perfect. Perfect, you know, it's not. It's not going to come out like a machine would, and that's. And again, that's. I like that rough and ready sort of handmade feel. Yeah. And that's also why I sew, because it's that, I'm always kind of working with the polarities of, you know, um, expectations of women. And, you know, that's why a lot of the time with the porn, I'm combining that with the sewing, because it's like, oh, you know, get your tits out and be this, uh, have this perfect body and be, the, be this sexy, you know, foxy woman. Yeah. And then, and then actually, you know, stay at home and learn how to sew and cook for the kids. Yeah. And so combining those two things is just really fun and exciting and and uh you know I've got loads of, of family cookbooks and again from the 70s and how to be the perfect housewife and oh it's just hilarious so many of the the headlines in there are like listen up fatties here's how to make your dream man love you just just drink soup for a week you know it's yeah, just all yeah. these like really offensive but hilarious uh articles and stuff and then combined with the porn I agree. There's a few artists on Instagram, a few artists, everything I think is fucking artists. There's like a few um, models and presenters and that on telly, female, that also show themselves before they put the makeup on and say, girls, look, it's paint. You know, I've, I've made myself look like picture B 
I'm really picture A, you know. And I, yeah. I think that's fucking amazing. It, hats off, yeah. Me too, me too. We need more of that. You know, we all, and I think men do as well, actually. Let's give men some credit here. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's also, let's get a six pack and be really muscly and, and it, there's pressure on men as well. And I think that we need to talk about that more. Yeah, I fight that pressure all the time. (laughs) (laughs) In between pucker pies. (laughs) (laughs) So do I, do you know what I mean? I'm I'm quite comfortable with it myself now. I'm pretty happy. Um, But I I do think there's, there's a lot of pressure on men as well. And again, I could make work that was really feminist and like, oh, you know, fuck the patriarchy and and I could run with these adverts I've got and I could really push it. I just like, yeah. that's, why? Let's have a laugh. Yeah. You know? so, and, it, and like Sarah says, she she makes them big, bold, heavy statements in a humorous way. Absolutely. I think, I think, it's, I think it's just a healthy way to look at the world. I think we're absolutely bogged down with, you know, there are awful things happening in the world. I'm not saying ignore them, but I'm just saying that there needs to be some kind of, relief sometimes and and it's it's needed the way to look at it is you're just the other side you know there's plenty of people out there making a dry honest direct guide to to feminism and yeah yeah, you're just taking it saying the same words from a different angle perfect definitely we need we need polarity in all of it we need the you know we need the, the balance yeah and as ignorant as it sounds i've become more um aware of it now my daughter has to come into teenage years you know you know some may say you should have done you know should have thought of it before oh you didn't yeah yeah no but it's the same with with everything you know most of the time you don't you're not aware of situations that are in front of you because they don't affect you you know yeah but it's it's everyone has their own journey and everyone is going to discover stuff about themselves or their their own views on the world are going to change as we grow like that's what's going to happen so You didn't think of something before while well, you didn't think of it. You yeah. Know? All you can do is is just is just keep open-minded and keep being open to other people's opinions. That's yeah. that's all we can do. I agree. So let's make people laugh sometimes and be serious. You know, I'm I'm making work that I think is dark and quite serious. Tip for me. But actually, what am I doing? I'm sat there sewing like a 1950s housewife. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's humour to be found in all of it. Do you know when it was you decided you wanted to be an artist? I don't think I didn't ever want to be an artist. Brilliant, love I it. Think. I don't, I don't, I don't remember a point when I went, "Oh, that sounds like a good job." Because <laughs> yeah. really, it's it's a it's really hard. You know, if I wanted if I wanted to make money, I would have, you know, would have gone and done something else. Really, it's just it's cheesy in it, but it's just a calling. It's just I've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't got to explain why if it's inside. Oh God, I'm hungry for it. I'm never, I'm never satisfied. I'm just want to keep making the next thing, the next thing. And I think I've always been like that. I mean, I remember like the best day ever would be when I'd go to Woolies and I'd get a pack of a hundred felt tips, you know, and I'd have a fresh pack of felt tips. That was like the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. And you know, I've, I've always been, I've always been like that. Well, it was like someone said to me, uh, it was during an interview, I was on someone else's podcast, and they said, like, you know, how much of my time is taken up per day doing or thinking about art? 
And I just replied, well, it's, it's always, it's like smelling, tasting, seeing, hearing. It's just there all the time. It, you know, I don't think about it. It's just in me now. It's part of me. Everything I look at is art. Do you think that that's always been the same for you? Do you think that you've, that's always been a part of you? To no, live no. Art? I had no interest in art until I was like 27, 28. I've heard, I've heard you say this before, right? But what I mean is, do you think... I, I really believe that you're born a creative or not. I don't mean, I don't think that if you're born not not a creative that you can't be creative, but I think you're a creative. Yeah, well, that is similar to what I said to someone once again on another podcast. I said, I feel like I've always been creative, but I've never really created anything. Yeah. So yeah. I always had like this little, I, I know for sure that I was thinking differently to my mates. Yeah. You know, I, I would often go, oh, that looks nice, but I wouldn't tell my mates because I'd get fucking slapped <laughs> down, you know. Yeah. yeah, it never, maybe, again, it, it was possibly just a calling that I found at the right time. Well, I, I think I think uh, people are born creative or not. And again, I don't mean, oh, if you're not born creative, you you, you, you know, you're bad at art or you can never draw anything. Cause I, don't, I don't think it's about technical skill a lot of the time. I think it's about how you see the world. Again, like yeah. you just said, you know, or, or that little bit of litter on the floor or, you know, and that tiny bit of text that you and see or all of those things it, that filter in and just having a different way of looking at things and a different appreciation is uh, is the difference. It's not about how well you can draw. And that's what it is now because when I'm at, my, my, my other half has no interest in art whatsoever, especially mine. And, um, <laughs> but when we go out you know what you said about that little bit of paper it might go I'll, I might go oh look at the way that rubbish is coming out the bin yeah and she would oh, go it's, it's fucking rubbish coming out the bin but yeah. then that's just me that's just one of my or my instant thoughts coming to the surface yeah. you know if I was out with my mate Lee who's an artist he'd go oh yeah you know because yeah. we've, we've, we've sort of grown up in our art relationship together so we sort of not think alike but we know where each other's coming from you know it's the same sort of appreciation mm. but that ephemeral and stuff and the, and the visual information that's just everywhere as well and in, in especially like for me growing up in southeast london it's just, just fucking surrounded by it yeah. and it's uh and and a lot of people just you just get on with your life and you keep your head down you get on the bus and you're on your phone and you go home and you have your tea and that's and that's your life but yeah. I, would, I would just, I'm picking stuff up all the time or I'm, I'm excited by it. And it's given me so, so much inspiration. You know, I, as I said before, I lived on the Isle of Wight for a year and I loved it. I liked being by the sea and it was good for my soul, but there was nothing to look at. Yeah. There, wasn't, there weren't bits of stuff everywhere in an old chicken box on the floor with a dead pigeon next to it you know you need all yeah, those yeah. things they, in, they influence they influence me anyway beauty sometimes just isn't enough is it no sometimes i don't want to look at a gorgeous rolling field i want the fields to have litter flying through it not because i want litter in the world i want to think about things there's yeah. nothing i love more than finding someone's shopping list on the floor <laughs> it gives me so much joy brilliant who is that person you know yeah there's a story there why have they gone to the shop to get eggs and paper clips? What yeah. are they doing? <laughs> How are they going to pin a fucking egg to the wall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be the next banana on the wall. <laughs> it's just my mind is constantly 100 miles an hour thinking about 
I don't know, a leaf that I saw two weeks ago. Oh God, what if I got that leaf and then I did this and then I did that? It's just, it's just going, going, going. Could you imagine if um, if you had a team of artists underneath you who could make you work for you? And, that, you know, that's why these artists are so prolific, because they have that same active imagination, but they haven't got to spend a week going to look for these certain type of leaves, comparing them. Yeah. You, know, you can just go to someone, right, you're tasked with finding these leaves. These are the sort I want, and this is what I want you to do with them. Got yeah. I... First of all, I will not knock it if that's how other people work, because um, a lot of the time it's about, it's, you know, art, your artwork's about the idea, I get that. For me, absolutely no chance. I oh, can't. Nice. That's fair I, enough. I, I, I had my degree show and I had to sew, I did, I did a diptych. It was both, they were both a metre and a half squared, these canvases. And I wanted to cover them in embroidered dots, you know, like sewn, hand-sewn dots. Um, and... My mum offered to help. My friends offered to help. I was like, nope, I will do it till my fingers bleed. <laughs> and I probably sewed about five, 600 circles, you know, maybe the size of a 2P. God, it took me weeks, but I just, there's no chance. I, I, I feel like, I don't know what it is. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Unauthentic. It. It's just, it's like, it's my baby. It's my, yeah. I'm making it, it's mine. Don't yeah, it's not cooked yet. It's not yeah, ready. Yeah, I'm not knocking that at all. Yeah, you know? it's just that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, sometimes I think, God, it would be great if I could do this huge project and have people helping me because it would probably look a lot better and get done quicker. Yeah. But I just, I just I've got, at the moment, I've got too much of a close bond with the work that I'm making. And I, it's just, it's my little personal bubble and I'm not ready to open that up. Yeah, that's, that's fine. From, Apart from in a gallery space where people want to look at it, but I'm yeah, not ready for that. That's a perfect answer. Edie, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, that's a hard one. Rauschenberg. Nice. 100%. Uh, Franz West. I want to say Sarah Lucas, but I'm not sure if I'd want to work actually with Sarah Lucas. I don't know. But Sarah Lucas, oh, who else? Do you know what? I just—it's a—it's a funny one. I want to—I want to say Hannah Hock, and I don't like Hannah Hock's work. I don't. And what is it that that you do like about her? I—it's just—it would just be exciting because she did something so. Well, she was pioneer, wasn't she? You know, she she did something so absolutely bonkers, um, and I just not—I'm not a fan of her work, but I would—I would love to. I would just love to meet that sort of like Dada proper pioneer and yeah. and, uh, and and also just ask where did you get all your material and all of this and that you know it's interesting. Yeah, well, a lot of people say Tracy Emin on here and use that same um, theory afterwards. They say, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of her work, but I'd like her in my show. I would not have Tracy Emin in a show with me. No way. It'd be a nightmare. But I would love to have her around the dinner table. Yeah. That would be brilliant. I've had a little bit of an obsession with Tracy Emin over the last six months, actually, over lockdown. And I've been, like, watching... I've watched like, all, of her, all of her interviews yeah. again and again and again. But I think it's the, it's the caricature of a caricature of a caricature. Yeah. And it's... I, I'm just really, like, watching her. I think it would be... I think she'd be difficult to work with, which is not even a bad thing. No. And I just think... 
do it do it yourself you go for it babe i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stay over here yeah <laughs> you know quite difficult but i actually do like a lot of her work funnily enough i've read is that that book strange land right because you know dreamland in in um in margate okay so because she was you know brought up in that hotel in margate yeah. kind of near there so it's just a it's just a, a a kind of bunch of not not necessarily essays just kind of well, confessions, I think yeah. they call them, and just little stories and bits from her past. But I just, I'm not like, I haven't warmed to her. Yeah. I'm just really fascinated. Yeah. Where does that absolute black poison, like, where does that come from? Like, it's, it, she's so dark and it's so, I'm just drawn to it. Yeah. You know, because I've had a bit of a fucked up childhood myself. Um, really fucked up. And so it's, it's all kind of. Maybe you I can see little bits of yourself in her, eh? Well, I do. Or experiences, at least. Absolutely, I do. But she's had similar sorts of experiences that she's then chewed up and spat out in a totally different way to me. Yeah. So I'm like, let's get some tits out and let's talk about this and let's talk about sexism a bit and a bit of sexual assault and let's go there. But, like, let's use really bright pink and really yeah. bright red and make yeah. it a cheeky and maybe a woman with a, a cat's head instead of her own head and make it a bit, just have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. She's taken it and she's really bitter and angry at the world and then says she isn't. And that's yeah. what I have a problem, you know? Yeah, it's, she's got her own world. She's, she's made Tracy Emin world and you can either come into it or not, you know, enter it at your fucking peril, you know? Yeah, yeah. What would you do if you wasn't an artist, Evie? Cook, definitely cook. I'd have a, I'd get a little food truck and I'd just bounce around, handing out dumplings yeah. on all the beach. That's what I'd do. I'd do something with something with food for sure. I'm a big cook. I, uh, nice. I love it. Good. Yeah. That's a that's a good enough answer. We started this conversation with you saying you've got several shows coming up. Um, are they in the near future? Yes, got one in about four or five weeks. Um, in Shepherd's Bush. Nice. Um, and then I've got one on old, my third show of the year on Old Compton Street at the nice. end of June, start of July, which I'm really excited about. That's like the dream, isn't it? Have, a, have an art show in Soho. Oh, yeah. 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 I've made it. <laughs> and then I've got another one in Whitechapel. My friend's got a production agency and he's opening up new studios, so it's going to be like a, it's like a launch slash private view slash nice. big party. So yeah, again, yeah. Nothing, this one's not too fancy. The other, the last one's in a gallery in Soho. This one's more of a, a launch thing, but it's going to be great. Um, and then I've got one in a gallery in Cornwall, in Penzance. Nice. It's part of a group show. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, nice. It's a really nice gallery space. You know, and um, and Sandra, Sandra Blow, right, she worked there in that area. So, And I'm a big fan of hers as well. So... It's really nice to be kind of making art in the same place. Yeah, nice. Um, Excellent. I'm curating my own show with a friend of mine in Peckham in September. Oh, wow. Which is going to be great. It's going to be like, bring your own booze, have a look at some good young emerging artists. Brilliant. uh, And maybe buy a print or two, please. Well, Edie, that's all my questions asked. Thank you very much for the time. And if anyone wants to see your work at the moment, when this comes out, it will still be on at the Fulham Town Hall in Art of the Age of Now. Thank you very much for your time. 
You're welcome. All I'll right. see you later, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. All the best. Bye bye. See ya. <laughs> there you go, Edie Baker. How good was that chat? Speaking to Edie, I mentioned that I have conflicts within me that my work should be more humorous, or at least I feel my work should be more humorous. And as a result of this conversation with Edie, I've decided to uh, make positive steps to bring that to fruition. And as we mentioned there, Edie's got a few works over at Fulham Town Hall, where the show has now been extended until the 20th of June. So from the date of the uh, release of this podcast, you've still got a couple of weeks. But if you're not able to get there, as Edie mentioned, she's got quite a healthy calendar of exhibitions this year. But until then, trot over to Instagram and look for Edie Baker Art. Definitely a name to look out for in the future, I'll wager. Oh, and a little bit of podcast news. Buddy of the Ministry of Arts podcast, Emma Hill, has only gone and produced her own art podcast called Art Seeker Stories. It's like a desert island discs for creatives. Emma invites her guests to speak about the three artworks that they've been marooned with. And as well as the three artworks, you discover that you've been marooned with a book as well. And once you've read it, you can exchange it in Luffy's book club. You just have to give a little explanation of the book as to why someone else might want to read it also. On episode one, Emma introduces you to herself and the podcast. On episode two is another friend of the Ministry of Arts, is Evie Antonio. She's a gem. And the latest episode, which is number three, is Jeremy Morgan. And I'm looking forward to getting marooned myself one day. Go and check it out. Anyway, that's me done. Like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast, you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. If you've got any queries, drop us a line on social media at ministryofarts.org. If you're enjoying these episodes, spread the word of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're not, well, fuck you. You won't be listening to this bit anyway. And those of you that are, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta-da. Ta-da.